It's time to accelerate. Hey friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 650 of Accelerate 650. Wow, that's sort of a milestone. Again, Accelerate, the sales podcast of record. And it's also time for another conversation with my very special co-host, Bridget Gleason. Now today, Bridget and I are going to be talking about the problem of consuming too much sales advice. Yeah, that's right. Too much sales advice. That's sort of ironic, isn't it? A little bit coming from me. But yeah, there, I do think there's too much noise out there. And as Bridget and I talked about in last week's episode, you know, technology enables people really easily to become an expert, quote-unquote expert, regardless of whether they know anything or not. And we talked about the finding from researchers that show that actually the less you know, the more you think you know. <laughs> so in today's episode, we're going to talk about the dangers of consuming too much advice because there is a body of research that has found that can actually hurt your performance, especially if you're in those critical moments where you need to have a clear head and all you're doing is thinking about the conflicting advice you received from all these different experts. So it's really fascinating stuff and a cautionary tale for those of us who might indiscriminately consume you know, that latest video about some hot sales topic on LinkedIn. So we talk about how to avoid this trap of empty sales knowledge in today's episode, so make sure you join us. If you'd like to see the show notes for this episode, go to andypaul.com forward slash 650. And before I talk with Bridget, let me all share with you, again, great event coming up. It's the second edition of the Sales Leadership Accelerated Mastermind, S-L-A-M, SLAM. It's for SaaS sales leaders. We call it SaaS SLAM for short. And SaaS SLAM is limited to, attendance is limited to founders, CROs, and VPs of sales of high-growth SaaS companies only. And we call it an Accelerated Mastermind because in just two days, you will become better prepared to transform how you sell, how you scale, and how you develop the capabilities of your team to crush your goals. Uh, past participants include companies such as Adobe, AdRoll, MarketStar, G2 Crowd, TalkDesk, and many others. And we really want to thank our corporate partners for helping us put SaaS Slam on, Storm Ventures, Outreach.io, Chorus.ai, G2 Crowd, and Membrane. So for more information and to apply for your place at the table at SaaS Slam 2, go to www.sasslam.com forward slash event one. That's sasslam.com forward slash event one. All right, let's get going. Bridget, how are you doing? Andy Paul, I can only say that I'm fantastic with that kind of an opening. Perfect. Perfect. Super fantastic. Oh, super fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Super fantastic. If, if Wonderful. Super, if you're super Great. fantastic, we may have to promote you to major fantastic or something like that. Is that a promotion? <laughs> Actually, I is, I have to – I've got something – something I need to send you on my phone, a, a screen capture off my, my TV where someone – can't remember the show. I'll find it after that. I don't mean to bore people listening. But someone calls somebody fan, Captain Fantastic. So <gasps> I, really? Yeah, so I quickly – I quickly – Pause. Well, I, I hit, you know, TV's on DVR, so I reversed it when it did a screen capture on my phone, and I meant to send it to you, but I, I forgot. So I will do that when we're okay. Good, when we're done. But I can't, I can't wait. I couldn't believe it. It's like my ears popped. I was like, "What, Captain Fantastic? Somebody stole it." Yeah, that's right. They must have been listening to the show. Somebody stole it. We have it trademarked. That's right. All right. So last week we spoke about this thing called the Dunning Kruger effect. Remember that? 
I I do because remember I've used it three times oh, in a three times in a sentence to make sure <laughs> that it's stuck in my mind. And then you told me that's because now I've got the Dunning Kruger effect. I think I'm an expert, but I'm really not. Yeah. yeah. So so this is sort of a little bit of a follow on episode, but this is this is something really important for people to keep in mind. Is um. Yeah, we go online, we see all this information about how to sell and blog articles and video, oh my gosh, video, video, videos everywhere, and books, podcasts like this one. And I was reading something a couple weeks ago that sort of triggered a thought that like, oh my gosh, we're all consuming too much of this information. It's starting to hurt us. And... And I'd sort of had this feeling for a while that, because certainly a lot of the guests on this show I've asked about some of the challenges salespeople have and are facing, and and one of the ones that comes up often is is this fact that sales reps are feeling overwhelmed just by everything that's around you, know, the demands of the job, the information flow, the tools and technologies they need to learn. I mean, you you see this, I'm sure, with your own your own team, and um. But it's interesting reading something that's talking about this, this uh, research that psychological researchers have done that developed this thing called the explicit monitoring theory. And the idea of this theory is that when experienced professionals think too hard about what they're doing in a particular situation, then they mess it up. They become so focused on their own actions in the moment that they lose sight of what they're ultimately trying to achieve. And you see this all the time in professional sports. Uh, golfers, for instance, you know, professional golfers decide to make a change to their golf swing for whatever reason. And suddenly they start to struggle with their games, right? So it was once sort of this automatic, unconscious action, their swings start to become unpredictable and you know, unreliable. They struggle to keep the ball in bounds because they're trying to Think They're about trying it. too hard, right? Okay, what do I do on my backswing? What do I do, you know, as I start my motion toward the ball? You know, how to keep the you know club face square, all that. And or you see it in basketball. I mean, one of my favorite examples is is players that suddenly struggle to make free throws. You know, something that's been so so automatic for them, they become paralyzed because they have a problem and they're trying to fix it. And they get all this coaching and and I recall this one. NBA star who was standing at the line so paralyzed by all the help that had been given him, advice he'd been given, that like in the middle of like a playoff game, he, he could barely get the ball to the rim. I mean, you could just tell he was just trying mm. too hard. And so what I find, and this is where it started, when I read about this, start make, things started making sense, is that, that, you know, this can happen to us in sales, is that, you know, as we come more self-conscious, more focused on all these tips and techniques and advice and so on that is constantly banging us that, that, you know, we start sort of overwhelming and distracts us from actually focusing on the buyer because we're suddenly taking the focus and putting it on us instead of on them. And, and there was, I was reading another uh, report there, a psychologist called this a self-focus vortex that you've got all these disparate pieces of advice floating through your head about what you should be doing. 
And again, we just we get distracted by it. And it's almost like a form of multitasking, right? We're incapable. Science is unambiguously clear that as humans, we're incapable of multitasking. Well, it is a form of multitasking when we're trying to be so consciously deliberate about implementing all these pieces of advice floating in our head and communicate effectively with the buyer. Yeah, it's a really good it's a really good point and I think it's so true. I I had this conversation with uh one of my reps actually last week and super he's great at process. I mean, he really he's he knows the process and he's good at following and he's thoughtful. But I think when he gets into the conversation and when he's on these discovery calls, he because he he looks so inward, he loses any any sort of fluency mm-hmm. also, and mm-hmm. it becomes so rigid. And and I just I've I've tried to also encourage him to kind of relax around it. He knows it, and just listen to what they're saying. Remember what the intention is. You're just trying to see, is this a good fit? Have empathy for the customer. What are they trying to accomplish? Can we possibly help them with whatever their goals are? And if you you know all the process, so just take a step back and let yourself relax into it. So it's, it's interesting that you and I are having this conversation because um, we had this conversation. I had it with actually a couple of reps last week. Interesting. Well, yeah, it, well, it came to the fore because, yeah, I've had people ask me about this, that, you know, staying focused or they're trying to, they feel like they're trying to absorb so many new things into their individual process, their individual method, that they feel like they're not doing any of it right and mm. feel like they're they're messing up. And it is sort of hard. You look at how we train sales reps. So let's throw you all in a room for an hour or two hours, you know, every quarter and we're going to drop a bunch of new stuff on you and expect you to, to master it. Um, or, you know, we, you're, you're, again, you're, you're listening to a, part, a podcast or you're you know, reading, taking 20 minutes every day morning and reading all these articles on LinkedIn. And, and some make sense. Some might even be good for you. Um, I'm sure some, many of them are good for you, but, but you can't take them all in at once. And, and so I th- what this explicit monitoring theory is saying is that, yeah, you got to find a better process for how you absorb and adapt new new methods, new techniques, new tips, and so on, new actions into your process. Yeah, it it's – I just think about how some of these things are also – I don't want to say that they're hard to teach, but it just it, – it strays a little bit from – some of the the very traditional, let's say, sales training that's so focused on process. And as you have often said, we forget about the customer mm-hmm. in the process. So how are we able to really just I think when you when you and what I said to this this rep um, who I work with is I think when he just gets more comfortable and feels more confident, this won't be an issue for him anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, yeah, certainly I think that's part of it. But I think, I think the other thing that we need to teach people is that they need to look at their individual processes as uh, 
also, I guess we could use like a, almost like a funnel. And you know, part of the problem is that people have is they're filling the top of the funnel with all this new knowledge, and and uh, the opening at the bottom is too wide. And what they do is they need to narrow that that opening at the bottom of the funnel, and and have a a process that really f- emphasizes sort of serial adoption of new techniques, new behaviors, new processes, rather than concurrent <laughs> adoption of of multiple changes in your selling process. And this is something I've been teaching for a while. I'm, years ago, I'd read this this article about researchers at MIT had studied the best practice for integrating uh, changes into a process. And mm. the thing is, it was so blindingly simple and commonsensical that <laughs> it almost was one of these things almost laughable that that you need to have an academic study about it. But I think we did, and and so what they said is that is that the most successful changes in a process are made and mastered one at a time. And mm. so and so if you think about this in your own personal process, for you know you want to change some some element of your sales individual sales process sales behaviors, is choose first step is just and I'll give it to you the process that you should go through is the first one is just just choose one new behavior. You know, a tactic, a technique, a method, something that you want to use in your selling. So that's step one. Step two is visualize. Spend some time visualizing how you'd use this changed behavior with your buyer. Visualize what their response to it will be. You know, game out in your mind. Play out various scenarios about, you know, if you do this, what will they do? And maybe look at what the alternatives would be. But, but get a good visual sense of how you can use it. And then... With a manager or a peer, practice it, role play it multiple times. I, I recommend people role play it at least ten times with others internally before they go out and try it on a buyer. You know, just make sure you're comfortable doing it in action. You understand what the words are. You understand how the, you know, the words flow in in sequence, or maybe different ways you may may use it or position it with the buyer. And then your fourth step is go try the behavior with the buyer, and one one buyer. And you know, test variations with another buyer if you don't get the, the results you want. But keep practicing it with just a few buyers until you get the results you want. And then once you've sort of mastered it, then just use it with everybody else. And then its, it's execution sort of becomes automatic and you get to the stage of what some researchers call the unconscious mastery. Mm-hmm. What you want, right? You want to be unconscious mastery of it as opposed to uh, at the beginning where you're consciously incompetent with it. In, an, in the nicest way possible, right? Anytime we start something new, we're sort of <laughs> consciously incompetent. And yeah. We, and we and progress through the phase until we're right. unconsciously it's, it's, mastered. It, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a necessary phase to go through. Right. So if you do this process, one change at a time. That's really the key. One change at a time. Choose it. Visualize it. Practice it. Try it out. Master it. You know, as soon as it becomes unconscious in your use of it, then you can choose the next behavior that you want to try to implement into your process. Yeah, and I think that the the role playing and the practice, 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 practice is is irreplaceable as a step. It is, and it's it's people look to managers to sort of kick that off, but I think that sales reps have to get to the point where they're comfortable working with their peers. 
mm-hmm. to say, hey, can I take five minutes of your time? I just want to try something on you a couple of times and, and do it. Now, what you may find, actually, if you're doing that as an individual, that you start inspiring other people and saying, oh, well, Bridget's doing this, huh? Well, that's cool, Bridget. I'm going to use what Bridget's doing. And maybe you start inspiring a broader change, right? And you're showing people some leadership. But try it out with peers, try it with managers. Just make a nuisance of yourself so you can feel really comfortable before that first time you go out and try it with a buyer that you at least know how to say it instead of stumbling all over yourself. Yeah, I used to, when I was... Gosh, early on in sales, and you and I both talked about how we would have weeks and weeks and weeks of sales training and role playing and practice. Mm. Um, so it was very, it's very familiar. I don't know if it's ever comfortable, but it's very familiar. Uh, and I always did a lot of just practicing on my own. Where you and I, we've talked about this also. I we both run. Mm -hmm. And in the mornings when I would run, if I would have a presentation or we're preparing for a call, I would practice and I would say the words out loud. I'd have to hear them. Yes. And so it wasn't just saying them in my mind. I would say them out loud. And because I run early in the morning, you know, people aren't looking at me like, oh, you know, here's the crazy person talking to herself. But I'm sure if I did it in the uh, light of day, they would, but I would just talk out loud. Yeah, come to New York. No one would think twice if you did it. Out well, that's <laughs> that's true because everybody's a little crazy. Yeah, but it's it's absolutely true. Is is it's one thing to to visualize, and I'm huge on visual visualization. So if I've got a mm-hmm. presentation, if I'm giving a talk, mm-hmm. if I've got an important conversation coming up, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play that through in my mind many many times. But then, yeah, you, I'll I'll say it out loud all the time. Yes. I mean, yeah, I, you got to hear it. We have to. We have that auditory piece. Well, because you just you don't know how you're going to put the words together, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. so the I'm assuming the behaviors that we're talking about in most cases in sales they involve conversation with some another human being. Is yeah, you may think, okay, I've thought this through. This is exactly what I want. Yeah, without rehearsal, you're going to stumble on those words. So right, yeah, the, take away some of that that uneasiness. The jitters, the uncertainty with the first time. And yeah, find a peer. Well, if worst case, as you talk about, do it yourself, right? Um, yeah, say the words say at the a words. minimum. Yeah. but At a minimum. At a minimum. We'll say them multiple times. As I said, if you're going to do role play, the, word, the, the number is 10. Do 10 role plays. Mm. And yeah, unless you're talking about an hour-long presentation, it's not going to take that long. If we're talking about you know, no. hey, opening gambit with a with a prospect, or you know, something to the discovery question we ask, or you know, something we do in a presentation. Yeah, unless it's yeah, I don't usually ask people to listen to me give my forty five minute talks before <laughs> before I give them, but I'll practice them ten times. I mean, that's that's the the bar I set for myself. If it's a new talk that I've never given before. I'll practice it start to finish a minimum of 10 times before I give it. Such a good, it's a good practice, a good habit, just a good part of your process. Yeah. And if you're practicing these things, and you may have heard this before, if you don't have somebody else, don't practice looking in a mirror. <laughs> just look at a wall. That, it's, that's better. You're not going to be so fixated on yourself. You may you may miss something. So, um, okay. So, summarize. Not that we don't think you need to learn. You absolutely 
there's you know, nothing to discourage you from learning about sales. It's essential you keep learning. It's just how do you absorb that learning into mm. your process? And so if you think you can learn 10 things and implement 10 new things in a day, it's not going to happen. Prioritize the things that are most important for you. Maybe you need input from your manager. But other than that, implement the thing one at a time. One new thing at a time. Master it. Then rinse and repeat. Amen. Amen. Okay. The Amen. Church, church of Sales is adjourned for <laughs> is today. Is adjourned. That was the benediction. Everyone, All right. <laughs> yes. Short benediction. <laughs> everybody, everybody can retreat now. So, uh, Bridget. Andy, as always. As always. We will chat with you next week. Friends, thank you for joining us as always. And we'll look forward to having you back here next week. All right. Have a good one. 